Episode 13 of Board Games with Variant Hex is a Thanksgiving celebration. I'm Kelly, and in this episode, Adam and I discuss playing games with friends and family around the holidays. We'll share our thoughts on the best game types, themes, and settings for enjoying board games with your non-gamer companions. Without further ado, I'll turn it over to myself and Adam for Thanksgiving. letting me be on uh, this week's episode. And you know, speaking of thanks, oh. let's talk a little bit about Thanksgiving today. Yes. Turkey, mm-hmm. stuffing, of course. Cranberry sauce. I guess. Personal favorite of mine, green bean casserole. And then once you get through the meal, mm-hmm. then you're with this group of characters known as your family and friends, and how do you spend that time with them? One excellent option I think is to play games with your family, your friends, whoever you're choosing to spend time with mm-hmm. this holiday season. Mm-hmm. But I think there can also be maybe some thoughts and ideas about what that looks like. Because it's a little different than playing with like your gaming group, typically, unless that's who you're having Thanksgiving with. Yes. And hopefully after the meal, everyone's full. No one really wants to, probably wants to get up and get out. So it's a good time to, know what you don't even have to get up from the table. Go ahead and grab another plate. Let's try one of these board games here. Yeah, my, my first tip would be, I'm assuming the people listening to this are the bringers of the games. Mm-hmm. So we'll start from that viewpoint. If you're bringing the game, know how to play the game. Oh, I think it will deter yeah. a lot of people if it's like a sealed box and you're like, okay, let's start reading the rules. Right. I think it's going to you know really deter any enthusiasm for that. Um, so yeah. know how to play the game ahead of time. Pick games that are very kind of simple, short and simple is my advice again. Party style games, I've always found the best reception on that. Ones that people can kind of even come in and out of as they wish based on whatever okay. sports or dessert or like timing of things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, that's always kind of my initial thought with that. Not a long game either. You know, okay. even if you play out the whole thing, no more than an hour for any single game I think that's a uh, that's a lot okay okay you know I didn't I expected some of these things but maybe not maybe not all of them and I think the blend of your family may have a lot to do with this because if you're going somewhere that has a lot of kids that may change the kind of games that you want to bring kind of maybe how you may find participants from this for this game like you might just be at with all the kids and they all do want to play a game. So maybe bringing something that kids can play. But if your mix of your family, you know, at this time in your life is maybe it's all adults and maybe they're, you know, more kind of nerdy thinkers. I could see still maybe not a game that's longer than an hour, but some of those games now that are a little more storytelling, like the beginnings of campaigns that are a little more storytelling, especially if you know it well, kind of co-op stuff. I could see it being possible of a Thanksgiving that, you know, you finish dinner, nobody's going anywhere for a few hours. But I think that would be very crowd dependent. Very much so. You're yeah. right. We're, we're giving huge generalities that we, of course, could not know the details mm-hmm. of anyone's family. But yeah, there's a big range on this. I- I'm imagining just going blind into it. Like, okay. say you didn't know. Somehow you showed up and it's just a random group of people there. Which, right. Why are you there on Thanksgiving? But that's okay. It, you know, it, that's... Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe there was weather. Some people could make it. Some people couldn't. 
You don't really yeah. know what the final breakdown is going to be. Or, you know, people have different, usually, often they have more than one commitment on Thanksgiving. I feel like that's pretty common. So you kind of don't know who's going to be there when, which would be another great reason to kind of bring games that are a bit of a blind take. For sure. I, I like the idea also of navigating some of the, you know, potential awkwardness of how everyone's skill set is with this by mm. making a game a team game that's not a team game at all. So just putting people together as a, a single player, whatever the game is, it doesn't matter. Just so that way, too, no one feels pressure to have to like do well or not the success or failure of the game isn't on any single person mostly again these are holidays where people just want to spend time together mm -hmm. so you put you know you put grandpa with little Susie and, and some other kid and they're just you know they're having a good time really just spending time together mm -hmm. maybe they roll a die they say something funny you know like it's not really about the game at some point for some of these things right uh, so I like that idea just grouping people together regardless of whether it's an individual or a team game on that and that might kind of help too if if you are bringing a game and not everyone's real sure about this not Monopoly that you've showed up with. So I think sometimes people can really want to win and feel a little anxious about making sure they understand it and performing well. But if you're kind of teaming up with a buddy, that might kind of ease that a bit. I've always found that for sure. And here is your, your golden ticket phrase that mm -hmm. you're going to need to know for Thanksgiving Day mm -hmm. when you play games. All we need to do right now is... Dot, oh, dot, dot. Okay, okay. Because, because I think, it, depending on how large of a game it is, depending on, again, the family members or the characters in your life, there's probably going to be maybe some confusion. You're going to hear a lot of, well, I just don't understand. Mm -hmm. What am I doing? Why am I doing this? And if you can break down the steps of the game to, hey, right now, all we need to do is, okay, so you know, pick a card. How about, give us a common game and an example of all you need to do is sweet. So, so I can kind of understand that. Okay. So let's pick the game of uh, wits and wagers. Okay. The uh, Vegas edition. Okay. There's, there's some betting, there's some guessing, right? There's a, mm -hmm. there's not a lot of steps to it, but there are a couple different steps. Mm -hmm. So let's say you get to the point where you read the clue and it says, how many days does it take for Mercury to go around the sun in a year? And then okay. everyone is supposed to write down their guess to it, right? Mm -hmm. Inevitably, someone might say, well, what do I do with these chips? Or I don't understand. When do I bet? Hey, right now, all we need to do oh. is write down on this dry erase board how many days you think it takes mercury to go around the sun all we're doing right now is this mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it should eliminate some of the confusion of the other things and you can expand that to whatever game you're playing just break it down into those steps even if people might not make the most ideal move you know they're not thinking about all the steps but i think it does help for everyone to at least be on that same page and to continue the game mm -hmm. otherwise you're going to stop sometimes if you've got to get everyone to understand all the context of a game yeah, well, you're gonna. That's all you're gonna do all Thanksgiving. Right, right. Then it's time to go home. Do you ever do like example rounds, or do you like start with sort of like a a dummy uh, dummy round to get people into it, or do you just jump into it? Uh depending on the group. I'm a huge personal fan of example rounds. Mm -hmm. Whatever the game is, whether it's cards face up, everybody knows everything. Let's talk about this out loud as we're all thinking through this. I do like that as an option. I think that's a play to your audience on that um mm -hmm. whether people just want to jump in or whether people want to 
more fully understand the decisions that they're making. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the other thing that I think can be of advantage is cooperative games. It is a time of thanks, mm-hmm. caring, love. Mm-hmm. Uh, I historically am not always the biggest fan of cooperative games, but I think holidays and family could be the time for that if there ever were going to be one, right? Yeah. Even So there's a great game that hasn't been made in, I believe, 147 years, Okay. If my math is correct on this, but it's called Crack the Case. Okay. I think it's the best cooperative game that's ever been made because all you're doing is sitting around. One person has a scenario, like it's just a box of cards with like a clipboard. One person has a scenario and everyone else in the room is just asking yes or no questions to try to solve this crime. And you're given, again, you know, a very limited set of information on this. And then everyone just kind of talks about it, feeds off each other. People can come and go and get food as they want. People can be as involved as little or as much as they want with it. I think in many ways it's the perfect holiday game because of that. Okay, so I have looked up Crack the Case on Board Game Geek. It was made first in 1993. And it has a 6.0 rating. So um, maybe not everyone is on board, but it kind of sounds like, especially Board Game Geek, we know the way that it skews. It sounds like it could be, I think people maybe could argue that it's not a game, that it's an activity, perhaps. Correct. Maybe this holiday time, it's a great opportunity to bring out some of those fringe games that maybe aren't going to be the hottest hits at your actual gaming club or with your gaming group. And this is a Milton Bradley game. Oh, both were involved on that one. I thought it was just Milton on that one, but okay. Milton and Bradley, it would seem. So yes, Crack the Case, a compelling game of many mysteries. I think you hit the nail on the head where I think this the holidays are a great time, again, depending on the range of the group that we're, we're dealing with here. Um, mm-hmm. To pull out those games that, again, Kelly, here's what I'm talking about. So Cranium, right? Yeah. Honestly, I don't want to play Cranium with you and Aaron. No, no, no. But, I sold it. you know, maybe it's more fun when you've yeah. got, you know, Aunt Edna, you know, Uncle Jerry. They're all in this. You know, everyone's just having a good time, blindfolded drawing or whatever the scenario is on this. Right, right. Well, I think as much as if you're really into board gaming, you've kind of left whatever you find on a typical store shelf behind for the most part. I think there's probably something to be said for how generally appealing a game like that can be. Now, I think that in some of the better games in the hobby as well, we're seeing titles that can hold their own in that category of what you see in the rest of the deeper part of the hobby, but that can also kind of stand toe-to-toe with Milton Bradley as far as how engaging it's going to be to a random person who will not be doing this again until you bring games to Christmas and then won't be doing this again until next Thanksgiving. Yes, they may play a game and they may have a good time, but you're not really anticipating them to take this up outside of that. Absolutely. And yeah, there are some games made after... 1993 that I think are also great. Right. And I do want to give a shout out to some of those. What's the artist one where each person like draws part of the picture and one person doesn't know what it is? Oh, that would be a fake artist goes to New York. 
Yep, that's up there for sure. That's a lot of fun. Uh, I think drawing games in general are fun for families because people have all levels of drawing skills. It's a blast. That fake artist goes to New York, I believe is at Target, or at least I've seen it at Target before. It's a small box game. It's by Oink Games. So they make quite a few different small box games that are pretty pretty good fit for what we're talking about today. Pretty small box, so easy to travel with. Usually it's um it's something that's approachable and like kind of easy to understand. I think sometimes you get into bigger Euro games or whatever. And just trying to wrap your mind around the concept of what's happening. Last night we played Trois or Troys, depending on how you want to pronounce that. I didn't like, there's, everything is kind of interconnected in a way that until you're playing it, it's hard to like hold it all in your brain. And I think that's especially the type of game that's nearly impossible to bring to Thanksgiving and be like, all right, we're going to play Trois. It's whatever century we're kind of building a cathedral we're also trying to appease this person here's some dice here we're going to get these influence points but then there's also victory points like no they're not they're just gonna leave even for someone who's interested in board games sometimes to hold all that in your head fake artist goes to new york the whole concept is in the title it's like well you know what i think one of us is going to be a fake artist (laughs) and that sort of implies that the rest of us are going to be legitimate artists and Oh, I wonder what's going to happen there. It's also, there's something to be said for games where the design of it is not busy or overcomplicated. You feel like you can clearly see what needs to happen. When you look at everything for Fake Artist Goes to New York, it's just bright, colorful, clean. And everyone, like there's maybe up to, t- I think there's up to 10 players for the game. It's five to 10 players. So it's really best suited for like a big event. And everyone draws one line on a picture and we all know the picture except for one person and they're the fake artist. So they're trying to add to this painting or this drawing, but they don't actually know what it is. And then as you're all playing together, you're trying to kind of figure out who the who the fake artist is. So that was, I think that is the one game. As often as my mom will come over during our board game days, see our friends and hang out and as often as she comes, we'll often ask her, do you want to play this game? And some of them really like genuinely like, you might like this one. The only one she has ever played is a fake artist goes to New York. Yep. And she had a great time. Yeah. Yeah. And now she is, she was an art teacher. She's now retired. So she was an art teacher. So, I mean, it kind of feels like if this one can't, if this one can't bring her in, what can? I think that's another good point too. Let's say maybe you're Harry Potter fans. If there's some kind of IP that you know everyone's sort of into maybe i mean so often the holidays there's big movies coming out anyway maybe there's a big movie come a a new marvel movie coming out there's so many marvel games so that may be another way you can kind of extend the fun you're already having like if you're gonna go see this movie as a family tomorrow maybe today you bring out you know marvel splendor it doesn't even have to be anymore they'll just put harry potter strike they'll just put it on top of some other game but that might be enough to kind of have people interested and again they're probably more able to hold the concept of the game in their mind if they are you know like oh i already understand what's happening in marvel so if you tell me that's the villain i know that i must defeat him inherently whereas if it's something more abstract to me i don't really know what i'm supposed to do next that's a super great pro tip yeah and there is enough out there where we talked about like let's say you have love letter. Maybe grab that Batman love letter yeah. for the holidays just because everyone knows who Batman is. Right. And it might help them just piece things together. Yeah, that's a really, really good idea. 
Now, I kind of interrupted you with a fake artist rambling. Do you have some other? No, I just think that on the other side of this one that I think maybe stay away from. Mm. And fake artists, I guess, is a little bit of a deception game, but not really. It's just some person trying to pretend in a world where everyone knows this. But I, I would say stay away from like legit deception games unless your family's really into it. Mm-hmm. Because I think inherently someone's going to be like, oh, I'm not very good at lying. Or they're just going to laugh hysterically every time they're the person that has to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think it can be hard for the game to actually fire or actually go as it should. You know, mm-hmm. with that, I think that could be tough. But again, if your family's like, nope, we are all master class spies and liars. That's actually what we want to spend our time doing. Then please, by all means. Right. And I think that is true to kind of sense the tone of the room. You probably know what is likely to go over well or not, because it may be that you're all bad at it, but you're going to have a good time. Because there's, there's a level of accusation that can be in those kind of bluffing games that might be fun for you and your family or that might be too reminiscent of horrible holidays past so you it might be okay to go with a game that's a little more combative if that's kind of an acceptable tone i think also cards like standard deck of cards is something that people understand so well and it's more likely that you may have played a card game with your family so you know, if you play a type of card game that's very combative and everyone's sort of okay with that, then maybe that's going to work. If not, you can get things like The Crew or Hanabi now that are like, they're card games. And I think people just, they already know what cards are. And usually they still have numbers and some kind of suit on them, regardless of what kind of game they are. And that might be another approachable way of putting something on a table that does not like big and huge you know it's not sprawling everywhere with all these pieces if it's just a deck of cards I think again it's more likely that you don't have this hurdle to clear with asking them to understand something completely that you know after today they will never think about again right and you brought up a point about the sprawling that I think is very relevant depending on where you're going to be um you know the kitchen table may have a cornucopia of foods and things on that. So I I like my general rule for holiday games is one where everyone can be sitting on a couch and playing is my like initial goal where no one has to even really move from the most comfortable position they want to be in Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on those. And then even if there is a table, maybe plan on being a card table or something like that like it may not be the main table or your geek chic you know felt line table that you're used to playing on yeah with this i think to that point if you're bringing your games and depending how you personally treat your collection maybe even if you think it's a game that would might be great with your family maybe don't bring one where if it got spilled and dirty you would be upset about that oh because it will it will get spilled on Whatever game you have will now be the gravy expansion of that game, <laughs> for sure. So it, it will happen. You're absolutely right. Great pro tip on that as well. Plan on it being destroyed. And don't don't take it personal if they don't like that game. Yeah. I think the best mindset to go in is, hey, let's try this game. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. you're all going to love this game because it's probably not always going to be true. Right. And I think it's, you know, again, you kind of know your family i think as far as maybe what they like or don't but there's just going to be some games that land and ones that just don't for whatever reason on that so i also think maybe have more than one game 
mm-hmm. you're coming oh, in yeah. with, hey, this game is great, and they don't like it in the first two rounds, box that thing up, yeah. pull out another game. Don't, don't make anybody have to like finish a game if people aren't liking it. Yeah, that's you know? what I was going to say. Allow quitting. And depending on how short of a game you pick, that might be like wildly impractical. Because, you know, a roll and write could be a really good game to bring. They're often rather waterproof depending on especially if you laminate the pages and they're usually really quick but yeah allow people to quit the game don't like if they're not into it just just let them stop and walk away and if you bring a rolling right you know just play by yourself love go down to one player you can keep up the (laughs) conversation and just you know have your have your little activity there now have you ever done any like apps or anything like that with like board game apps with family Never. I've not. No, I, uh, on that. I haven't either. I haven't but, either. But again, that's more of a playing to the audience thing. Like, I think that would not be the most approachable. Like, you know, I come from a like a gaming family, but very like traditional kind of gaming okay. board game style. Like that's that. Those are familiar enough. And then you're just figuring out the details of things. Right. That's the couch comment made me think that for my family, after the meals over, people tend to kind of wander back to the couch with their phone and, you know, turn something on the TV. And we're also kind of talking, but also doing whatever we may be doing. And for a few of us, that is just playing a game on our phone anyway. So I was kind of thinking, well, maybe for some families, a board game, you kind of got to pay for it or get them to pay for it. So there's that. But a board game app could work where everyone's on the couch, kind of on their device. It also will enforce the rules kind of for you. So you don't have to really worry about that. You don't have to worry about cleanup or anything or even like bringing something physically. So you can kind of just be doing that wherever you might be. And even across rooms, if there's not enough space all in one spot for everyone to play. Um, but yeah, I haven't actually done that myself. So I think that would be kind of interesting. I would, I think it'd be more likely, I don't know, I guess if they already played a lot of phone games, it might not be too hard to get them to spring a couple dollars on, uh, on a phone game to play during Thanksgiving. Yeah, no, it's a really great idea. I've also never done it. I don't know that I'm going to in the immediate future, but I would love for our listeners to message us with games that they like or that works, you know, because when I do inevitably at some point roll that out or try it i'd like to know the success or failure options that people are seeing out there you know now that i think about it if you if you buy things through android you don't even you can have a family account so you can send an email to one of your family members they can join your google play family and they don't even have to buy the game and really if you have two phones three phones it doesn't even have to be their phone you can have it set up on you know, if you come with your spouse, your friend, or maybe even just your brother or sister, you know, also, you know, kind of plays games, you can just set it up on phones and kind of just pass those, pass those around even. So now that I think about it, you wouldn't even necessarily have to pay. And then if they have, if they join your little family, your Google Play family and have those apps, then, you know, maybe they do try them between Thanksgiving and Christmas and come back and say, hey, let's play this one. For sure. And I guess this would be the time to throw out uh, what I have not with my family, uh, but uh, Jackbox games oh, right. are a pretty accessible way because they don't actually have to download anything that's, that's on true. their phone. They just hit that login code um, on that. So, I mean, I guess that'd be maybe a good segue into that world. I agree. People love Jackbox games. I personally despise them. Right. And it's not, it's not that Jack did anything to me especially, but I'm just... 
ooh, I'm not really into them, but it's a good point because I've uh, played them like at work functions and you kind of like put it on, you can put it on the TV and then everyone's kind of sitting around and playing and you can buzz in and all that kind of stuff. So it is fun. It's exactly what they made them for. Sure, sure, definitely do that. It's just that I will be playing my role and write by myself at the table while you all enjoy a Jackbox game. I knew, yeah, I knew you weren't the target audience on that one. <laughs> I, I'm a pretty big fan of them though. Like I do yeah. like them. It's in my wheelhouse of party games and yeah. things like that. It's, like I do really enjoy it. It's a kind of party silly that I am just the 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 introvert in me roars alive and is like, we are done here. Yeah. <laughs> do we need the kitchen cleaned. Is dessert? Do we need to warm that up? What else has to happen right now besides this? For sure, for sure. Yeah, I think we've given a lot of options. I guess a couple yeah. other shout-outs I would like to make. I think Just One is a great oh, yeah. Thanksgiving game. Again, cooperative, can be pretty funny, that kind of common thinking. I think games where there's like this common thought, when you add that family or longtime friend dynamic to it, mm-hmm. it you have so much history with things that then you can reference these inside jokes or that vacation where so-and-so fell off the whatever, whatever, you know, right. those kind of things that allow for, I think, the the merriment to really escalate. Yeah, and, and some of that could also be sharing stories. Like those may prompt you to share stories in your family. Like, why did your uncle and aunt both write the same thing? And then, yeah, they do talk about that. Oh, there's this time when we were kids. Da, 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 and, you know, you're adding to the holiday magic. Absolutely. Yeah, I do like that. Again, I like the game always being a conduit for the greater good, especially at the holidays. Thank you so much for listening to episode 13 of Board Games with Variant Hex. Be sure to subscribe to know when new episodes drop. We've fallen into a pattern of recording a few at once and editing them and then dropping them over a few days, so we're likely to have a few more posted within the next week. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Twitch, all at Variant Hex. No more promises about when we'll stream, because like, now it's the holidays and that seems even less likely. We have a website and a blog at VariantHex.com, and you can email us at podcast at VariantHex.com. If you have any thoughts or ideas about Thanks Gaming, We'd love to hear from you on any of the platforms I've just mentioned. If you hated our thoughts about Thanksgiving, I can't say it'd be worth your time to share that, but you can also contact us on those platforms if you have to. And that's all for now. Whether or not you end up playing games with your family and friends this holiday, we wish you a happy Thanksgiving filled with warmth and laughter. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today.